What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. It really helps out a lot. And uh, yeah, before we dive into this week's episode, I want to let you know that I have merch. I have mugs. I have socks. I have coffee. Uh, all that crazy stuff. All you have to do is go to johncroomcycling.com. That's johncroomcycling.com. Pick yourself up some of that. And uh, yeah, I want to give a huge shout out to our most recent supporter. That's James Detweiler. Thanks so much for being a supporter, my guy. Um, and yeah, if you want to be a supporter of this podcast, there's a link in this podcast where you just click on it, hit the support and uh, select the amount that you want to support this podcast. Um, I do have ads on this podcast. I do get a little bit of money for this podcast, but it's not a lot. So anything goes a long way and it just goes right back into the podcast. So I really appreciate it. If you're listening to this podcast week after week and you decided to support this podcast, um, it means a lot. And I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, but yeah, James Detweiler, thanks so much for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it, my guy. And uh, anyways, let's dive into this week's episode with Lauren D. Crescenzo. Um, I don't know if I pronounced her last name right. I know I definitely didn't in the interview. I really fucked it up. We even talked about it before the pod. I was like, how do you pronounce your last name? She pronounced it to me. I read it back to her and I still fucked it up. I just don't get it. But anyways, we talk about women in gravel. <clears throat> we talk about the uh, most recent hard-pressed conversation of her working with her teammates and is it okay? And yeah, um, it was an interesting one. I kind of sided with her for a little bit. Um, I definitely felt for her, um, in some regard because it's kind of like, it almost seems like, well, if the men sat in a group of women and the women helped the man back up, would that be talked about? And I guess that's not really an issue right now. So it's not being talked about. And I, you know, you guys are probably thinking, well, John, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, that the whole issue is, is that the man was stronger than the girl at the current moment in time. Um, but I will tell you this, um, Lauren passed me. Actually, I don't even think I ever saw Lauren. So, <laughs> um, that being said, uh, she's strong dude. Um, and she's going to be up there with the dudes, especially if we do this mass start thing. Um, and so it's going to be really hard for her to avoid men at all costs. Um, so it's interesting. Um, hopefully I can have more people on the podcast and we can, you know, play different scenarios. But yeah, I mean, like last week when I chatted with Casey, we talked a little bit about it and, you know, what we saw in it. And they felt like, you know, mass start should still be a thing. Like they don't want to take away the mass start. And I feel like if you take away the mass start, that's what's going to fix the problem. But it also takes away the spirit of the gravel. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and dive into this week's episode with Lauren. And uh, yeah, but let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. This episode's also brought to you by Spot. Guys, the world is starting to open up with everybody doing their part and getting vaccinated, which also means that more people are out there doing those adventures that you love to do as well, which also leaves more room for accidents. So if you're not covered by Spot, I don't know what you're doing. Spot is a zero deductible accident injury insurance that covers active people. So that means if you go out on a hike and uh, you trip and you fall and you dislocate your knee or break your collarbone or whatever, you would be covered up to $20,000, no deductible. That means you will pay nothing out of pocket. So toppling that on top of your injury insurance or your uh, health insurance, you're pretty much covered. You won't pay anything out of pocket. So all you need to do is go to croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com today to check it out. They don't only just cover cycling. They cover just about anything. If you cut your finger off in the kitchen, covered. If you get trampled by your dog, 
covered. I don't know. I'm just naming random things. It's accident insurance. So go check them out at croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. There's also a link in the description below. They got a new name, guys. Well, it's not that crazy new, but anyways, Twisted Spoke Apothecary is now going by Twisted Spoke CBD. Uh, super simple, straight to the point. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Twisted Spoke CBD, um, I've been using them for quite some time. Helps me get to sleep and uh, helps me recover for the next day in the workout session. They even have CBD chamois cream. Uh, if you haven't tried that out or checked that out yet, all you have to do is go to TwistedSpokeCBD.com or TwistedSpokeApothecary.com and uh, check that out. And you can use code CROOM10 to get 10% off your first order of any of the Twisted CBD products. Like I said, my favorite is probably the Twisted Spoke chamois cream or I'm really into the CBN full spectrum uh, night sleep aid. So yeah, go check them out at twistedspokeapothecary.com or twistedspokecbd.com. What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with Lauren D. Cristenzo. I just butchered that again. Um, <laughs> it's but, tough, uh, it's but, tough. but we were, we were trying, trying to make sure I got that right. But Lauren's has been going through some ups and some downs um, with the recent drama of just teams this, teams that. Um, I wanted to give her a safe space to kind of chat about not only that drama, but I wanted to chat about herself so you guys can get to know Lauren as well. Because I know she comes from uh, a background in cycling and had had a bit of a comeback, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Which, oh, yes. <laughs> which is where she got all her praise from, from when she won Unbound the first time. Um, and so I think it's really interesting that, you know, she's, you know, you've won Unbound, You've gotten all this praise. You go to SBT, and now you're the highlight of the you're you're the dark, the dark matter as of right now for whatever reason. And so, um, but yeah. So, anyways, let's let's get to know a little bit about Lauren. So, tell me a bit about you. How'd you get into the sport? Why did you leave? No, no, nothing. You know, nothing cannot be said on this podcast unless okay. you don't want it to be said. So, totally just be honest <laughs> and and yeah, leave it out there. Yeah, sounds good. It's like my little elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I started uh, bike racing when I was 19 years old, when I was like a student at Emory University in Atlanta, okay. Georgia. Yeah. And I I just fell in love with the sport. I was like always going on the group rides, all the people in Atlanta. And then I, can, I joined the collegiate cycling team. And then one thing led to another. And when I graduated, I put all of my career aspirations on the side so I could go become a professional cyclist yeah <laughs> and uh so i did that and like eventually made it to like the pro ranks i was on uh dna visit dallas in 2016 and at one of my first pro races like pro pro and i had like the uci card and everything like i crashed really bad at san mm -hmm. dimas and that just like changed the course of my entire life and I was like in a coma for six days. I recovered in ICU. Wow. Yeah. And I was at a rehab center for two months in Colorado. And I thought I would never, ever touch a bike again for, because I didn't think I could. And I wow. thought it was over. And I was like, all right, time to find a new uh, career path or a new life plan. So uh, I went to grad school. I got my master's degree in epidemiology before everyone knew what epidemiology was. Okay. <laughs> What is that? Just like a brief synopsis on it real quick. Oh, yeah. It's just the study of like the trends and like the distribution of diseases throughout the population, like okay. globally or here. Yeah, it's just like the trends and disease patterns. Yeah, for people um, that don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's, yeah. 
uh, knows a little bit more about that these days. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I studied, uh, I got my master's degree. I got a, like, I got a, I landed a job at CDC, which was always like, like my dream career job. And I thought I, but I was still always, I was always race. I was always training. Like I never left pro cycling just because I love training and I love, I love the sport and just like hanging out with people on the bike. So I was doing that and I did it. I was convinced to join the collegiate cycling team. So for my friends, so I did it. Yeah. <laughs> they said I was really fit for all the training I was doing by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I joined the collegiate cycling team, did a couple of races. And then I like, I won, I won nationals. And I was like, Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Collegiate nationals. <laughs> I won collegiate nationals. Yeah. And my, my comeback to bike racing. And, you know, when I just fell back in love with the like competitive cycling again, like the road scene. And I love these gravel events because after my crash, I just feel so much safer out on these kind of like deserted roads with like yeah. little to no cars and like usually little to no people around you, very small groups or you're just by yourself. So like it's felt safer and I just loved the idea of just like pushing myself doing these like crazy, like 200 mile, 150 mile things. Yeah. So yeah, cycling is pretty cool and started doing it again. And actually the whole way I got involved with the team I'm on since cycling is I was actually on Tom and Courtney, his wife, um, their podcast in last year. It was about that horrific crash at the tour of Poland okay and yeah and it, like with the barriers at the ends and it yeah. was like it was very very reminiscent of my crash at san dimas in 2016 so like they were interviewing me about uh that crash and i mean after that interview like as we hit it off and they they, they stayed in touch with uh me and my husband and then they convinced us to join this new program they were putting together they recruited us to be on Centrally. yeah and at the time, like I wasn't on a team or anything. Oh, I just set the every single record just for fun. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. But just for fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's just go out and do something crazy like that for fun. Okay. It wasn't that fun during it. Yeah. Only, only after the party. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. The during not fun at all. Right I before I was the just... right before the dom sets in and the, yeah. you know, the soreness all kicks in. So at hour eight, I think I started cry- I was crying for like the last two hours of that ride. I was just like Jeez. so ill prepared. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, like, I'll just do that this weekend. My husband was doing it. And I didn't want to feel, I didn't want FOMO. I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to miss out on everything. So I did it. And I was like, oh, well, I could probably go faster than that. And I did yeah. it. <laughs> wow. That's insane. So, <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's back up a little bit. I mean, so now, you know, first off, do you feel like anything's lingered from that crash? Like, I mean, uh, you hear these stories of like PTSD from crashing and, you know, neck pains, right. headaches. Do you feel like any of that stuff lingered or do you feel pretty much back to old Lauren? Or do you feel like you'll never be old Lauren again? Yeah, I don't really feel like I'm ever going to go back to the version of Lauren from like immediately or just, I guess, all the years before the, the 25 years before the crash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, life is always changing and yeah. so much like my entire life has changed since that crash. I was like just trying to make it big as a road cyclist. And I was like on a very like 
focus path, but this is just, it just like opened my whole eyes to everything. Um, I met my husband after the crash. I just at collegiate cycling and I have my master's degree now and I had a career and like seen all sorts of, all sorts of life. uh, So like it's a positive, positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, ultimately it's been positive just because it kind of puts everything in perspective and kind of forces you to take a really step back and like look at everything again. Yeah. But uh, the PT, I mean, I don't have any of the, um, I don't have lingering. This, it all occurred. This was about five, almost, well, it was like five and a half years ago. Yeah. It's like, I think all the, like, I think more like the headaches, like anything with like balance or memory was more in the first two years following the crash. And that's what they told me. That's what my neurologist said. He was like, well, probably two years from now, you'll be back to your new normal. I was like, I don't believe you, but like it did take two years to get back to a sense of normalcy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and so I guess, I guess that being said, like a lot comes from crashing. And, and that's why I asked because, you know, we've had somebody on the podcast before, you know, um, who, who crashed and depression was, was a big thing, you know, yeah. I've had, I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. And I've, you know, we, you know, I was part of the track team where Kelly Catlin, you know, mm-hmm. dealt with concussions and you know, she took her life and, um, yeah. you know, it, it can really affect somebody, um, pretty negatively. And so. That was just just question for me and and, and for everybody on honestly on the podcast so we always hear the positive side right we always yeah you know it's like the instagram versus reality oh no no, no. there's some reality behind all the those things (laughs) yeah and so so anyways that being that being all said you know let's dive into the last two weeks for you have been Mm -hmm. pretty rough and like i said um well bittersweet i would say uh you did win sbt that, I didn't take that away from you or anything. So <laughs> no. That did happen, and that was amazing. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, we watch. You know, we I saw all the articles when you won Unbound, and we saw all the crazy, amazing press that came from Unbound with, uh, you know, Tom. Is, you know, it sounds like he hired you as an athlete, right? And was going to follow Unbound. Yeah, and yeah. so you can focus on training, and so um, you know this. I don't know this villain that the sport has made up of over the last two weeks and uh you know i have my own my own opinions but like i said this is a non-biased podcast so in the sense of so with tom you know like i can't really see what kind of bad he's doing it's kind of like the floyd landis situation when he like took the whistleblower money and just put it into a cycling team can you really be mad at the guy like i mean it's like okay yeah he he might have done some bad things in his past but he he's trying to pay it forward and i mean it's also like kind of being like well you know just because the guy murders somebody and then pays the family does that make it okay I, i'm not saying that you know but i mean there's definitely there's definitely there's no a murder there's yeah there's no murder but there's definitely like a level of volume of respect but you know so my respect out to tom because i know running a coaching business isn't the most lucrative thing in the world. And um, so being able to do that and step up and say you're gonna do that is it's pretty massive, um, pretty massive. And so that being said, you know, you guys were riding as a team or you had a team or there was team help or there was team support, but- I had people in the race in the same kit as me. Yes, you had, that's that's <laughs> another thing. You had people in the same kit as you. And we I had this conversation on a podcast with, um, 
with Casey Armstrong, which will be released here tomorrow. But we were chatting about it, and even Payson McKelvin was dealing with some support issues, not with not with supporting a woman, but supporting getting some off field support from Orange Seal. I heard about that. I heard all about that. (laughs) And so it was like, well, if he wasn't sponsored by Orange Seal, that's the neutral support. So what what happens in that situation, right? And um, so I guess this is what it dives into. If I'm being honest, actually, you know what? I'm gonna pull my non-biased quote. If I'm being honest, in my what I see, we dealt with this with Katie Keo and Luke Keo. We dealt with this with Reed Balani and uh, Nina McLaughlin. Lena, mm-hmm. Yeah, Nina McLaughlin. Laughlin. Yeah. Laughlin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and then Matt Stevens and Lawrence Stevens. Mm-hmm. So we've dealt with this before. This is not um, the first time. <laughs> and so my question to you is. Do you feel like you're dealing with this now because of the height of gravel and the amount of media that gravel has? So you see what I'm saying? So I think that's why you're dealing with it personally. I think you're dealing with it because there's, there's a big name around gravel. Um, Obviously there's money in gravel, you know, while there might not be a prize purse, there's money in gravel, but do you feel like you're kind of getting the brunt of that? Yeah, I feel like yeah, gravel is the future of the sport with all like the, I think it's a much easier sport for everyone to be a part of. It's much more inclusive than road racing that I'm used to and other sports. Like everyone's out there just riding. Like there are 3,000 people at SBT and maybe like 10 of us are racing each other. (laughs) So, I mean, I definitely feel like it's at like, it's getting more and more popular as it gets more and more popular. It's like a much more competitive field and just without any rules, like, I don't know, this is supposed to, I thought, without any, there needs to be, there needs to be rules. There needs to be a discussion of what these rules are. And I feel like it's maybe time because of like the, the money in the sport and because of the fields getting deeper and deeper. I've been doing this since 2015. It was not this deep back then. Yeah. <laughs> This is like so. You've been riding gravel for that long. Oh yeah, yeah. My first race ever gravel race was Rouger Bay, 2015, in Louisiana. (laughs) And so they count that as a gravel race. And see, to me, that was a road race. You see what I'm saying? Like I took that. I took that as a like that. To me, was the road race that mimicked a one day in Belgium. Like that was. That's what these races are. These are all just one days in Belgium. Yeah. Really long one days, but one day is in Belgium. Cool. Yeah. And so, <laughs> no, that's cool. That's a cool perspective, you know, like, because if we were talking about this six years ago, Rouge Bay would be, yeah, there's no such thing as a gravel race. Rouge Bay was a road race, you know? And so <laughs> it's kind of funny to have that conversation. But, anyways, diving back into the topic, you know, let's hear, let's hear your story. Let's hear from you what you felt happened. Um, I mean, there's, supposedly somebody gave you I keep hearing 10 different things right and I see 10 different things like I remember seeing on the live feed there's a part of you that's like I think you're riding with two athletes uh master athletes in the rotation there's a couple pulls that you skip but then again guess what I was behind you as well um and you I was there. skipping yeah. no not, not like physically behind you <laughs> oh I was but like, like you were there <laughs> no 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 lord no I was like an hour behind you 
Okay. <laughs> and so, and I was in a group similar where we're like in a straight line like that. And I was skipping pools as well. So, yeah. So I don't think, I don't, I don't think our genitalia decides whether or not we decide we have to, to pull. skip the polls or not. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> but anyways, let's hear your side. Let's hear your story. Um, I'm kind of, you're on oath. You get to get, <laughs> this is your opportunity <laughs> to tell your side of the story. Um, what happened that day? What happened that day that you think people think that you quote unquote cheated, which to me, I, I think it's more of a morale thing or a morals thing. So like, and it's a subjective thing. It's a subjective morals thing, right? With Pete Stetna's recent release of uh, scouting, you know, those scouts are going to have to be subjective. So Lauren, take right. the floor. That sounds, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for giving me like a chance to say this from my side of the story. I feel like there's 10 million different stories out there and what actually happened has been misreported in photos and cycling news. Um, it doesn't align with how the race actually went down from how I perceive the race going down. For sure. But um, I think that the biggest issue probably was that there were so many like cinch riders because cinch is like a Colorado team. There's so many cinch people in a cinch kit, like between our elite team which is only like a few of us, maybe like five of us that were there. And then our club team, I think that maybe led to some of the confusion. Like we had a lot of like, you know, like we had everyone. He has a huge coaching company. He has like 400 athletes and most of them are in Colorado and like, this is their hometown race. So I think that optically didn't look great that I had so many people that were in the same kit as me even though like there was no preconceived plan for me to be riding with any of my male teammates. And like at the beginning of the race, my only goal was to stay at the front or on the front even um, because of, of my fear of large pelotons given my crash. So that's some of the PTSD from my crash back in the day is I have a fear in these big gravel races, like the, they like really hectic starts and large pelotons. I don't like them because they scare me. So <laughs> that's exactly what I did that day. And I even, I even took some pulls and like the front of a group of like 200 people early on in the race. And there are photos of me like on the front with like, you know, Peter, uh, Pete and Ted and Ian behind me. So like, I was definitely doing the work to stay like at the front. Um, just to like stay out of trouble. Um, so yeah, I mean, the first part of the race was very chaotic and I mean, I made the first group. Um, I was like, I made the first selection. I was the only girl up there. Um, but then eventually it all came back together or at least like the two front groups came back. So a few of my competitors came back and I mean, on the first climb, I found myself in the first climb, like I was a few seconds behind Lauren going into the new section at the top, like the new single track section. And she gained time on me there. So she made a group of like 30 guys. And like, I exited at Fletcher Ranch by myself alone in no man's land and got into, <laughs> got into a really arrow position and tried to descend as fast as I possibly could. 
by yeah. myself. <laughs> so because like, that single track section, it goes from like a little bit of dirt to road, right? And then it's like a descent all the way to the first aid station, I believe, right? So mm -hmm. it's the second aid station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all skipped the first aid station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like 25 miles in. We're all good. Yeah, for school. I peed yeah. there. So that, the, oh, the, nice. the difference of our races were very nice. <laughs> no bathroom breaks. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I mean, like when I got to like after that, like new single track or whatever, double Jeep road. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was like I was solo because I guess that's my other weakness is double track Jeep road. <laughs> For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have a little bit of spookiness of crashing, that's probably where it's going to happen. I just held back right? a little bit. I just held yeah. back a little. I'm like, all right, am I can do anything risky here? Yeah. But like that caused me to be like, you know, in no man's land by myself, and that's where people are saying that I had a whole team of like six people around me. Oh, really? Which, yeah, that's where okay. people say all the cinch people were helping me get back to the front group. But like, no, like okay. I had to be, I was by myself and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, I thought I was like going the wrong way because yeah. like so many people from the other courses were like going the opposite direction. Oh. I was like, I was like, oh crap, did I take a wrong turn? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so where do you catch back on? Where do you... Where do you insert yourself back into the race? So I actually got caught by um, someone who had flatted, Jacob Brath, flatted okay. from the friend group. Yeah, and he was a not great a cinch athlete. No, not a cinch athlete. Just just Jacob. I just yeah. ran into Jacob because he flatted all the friend group, and he also wanted to get back to the next group. So we worked together. Like I took some pulls. Um, to like we worked together to get to the next group up the road which was lauren's group so i guess i was lucky to run into jacob <laughs> okay and then all right now here goes into my next question from there does jacob help you get to lauren helped each other get to the next group yeah yeah no no no. i'm yeah. not like trying to word that poorly i know you, oh, okay. you're like trying to protect yourself um but see that's where i'm interested because it's like the moment that Jacob was wearing a cinch kit, then it's bad. But the fact yeah, that he's not wearing yeah. a cinch kit- He was in Velocio, so it was fine. Okay, yeah, okay, see? And so that's interesting to me. And so what happens there? Does Jacob leave or does Jacob ride with you guys for a bit? Or does Jacob get dropped? Like what happens there? No, it was just, no, it was just me and Jacob. Do you even know? Okay, no, there you go. No, it was just me and Jacob, we're just riding. We're just okay. riding, we're out 140 miles. We're just riding together, yeah. each taking poles. And, okay. but Lauren was in a group up the road with like 30 guys. So is that okay? Yeah, like everyone, no, no, that's interesting. Everyone's no, out and, there and, drafting this yeah. bike race. <laughs> and I know you're trying to like be like super protective of what you're saying. Cause you're like trying not to get me to miss communicate what you're saying as well. But I hope everybody knows and everybody's listening. You know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get it to a point where everybody can listen to this and look at it from a different angle, look at it a little bit differently in the sense of the way it's set up. Now, that being said, so Jacob gets you, or you guys work together, you guys get back up into that realm. Um, what happens then? Where do you guys go? Oh, we um, just cruise with those guys for yeah. like at least 20 miles because it was very, it was not a good spot to try to do anything crazy. We yeah, just, and at that, at that time, the whole front group's together, right? Yeah, well, okay. we were in the, the second group. Yeah, we okay. were in the second group of people, but it was like a big group. There were like yeah, at least 30 of us and okay. people were taking polls and we're just all riding, we're just all riding along, just trying to do 140 miles. 
but like I was trying to like I was trying to recover from chasing on for so long and like being on the back ends of all that I was just happy to be back in contention for the win yeah um yeah but like eventually we hit like that bottom we we were on the bottom climb like the the loop-de-loop there was another climb that we were coming up on that really long there was a really long like hour-long climb yes yeah. The back yeah the back half of the course around mile 95 yeah it's where you go you hit the aid station you do a loop and then mm-hmm. you do that short climb and then you're at the aid station and you head back into town right yes okay. yeah so like oh so then eventually well first i guess when we caught back up to the group yeah. i had a teammate who flatted from his group that was up the road and was then in that group okay yes okay. so that this was is where unintended- this is where yeah. your teammate comes into play right yes oh, that was okay. not a preconceived plan he flatted out of his race his okay. race was over okay so yeah so since he since his ambitions were over for the race like he offered to refill my water bottle for me at the mile 95 aid station so you know uh, i and mm-hmm. that's where that's where so how does he refill your bottle so i can understand this and i know it's pro- i probably sound like a jackass asking these kind of questions <laughs> but i'm actually seriously like curious so does he ride away from the group like go to the aid station fill it up and then you get there boom you take the hand off and he comes back up or does he go fill it and then come back to you how does it work um i think we all rolled into it around the same time okay. we filled it up maybe it took him like 20 seconds and then he just rode back up to me <laughs> okay so you blew through the station rolling. yeah ah. i kept rolling he filled up my water bottle for me but i mean i also started with like eight pounds of liquid and water mm. i had i started with one and a half liter camel back and two of those really big magnum bottles like the yeah, liter yeah. bottles yeah I'm so i started with three and my favorite yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah. So I started with like three and a half liters of fluid and eight pounds. And I wasn't, I was trying to like not stop at all six A stations. I get you. <laughs> that was never the plan. I mean, I, so, I mean, I just kept riding. I took the bottle from him and then I eventually like was able to keep the gap. I was able to like get the gap to 10 minutes, but like, I mean, I didn't think I was breaking any of these rules by like, I thought this is like an act of sportsmanship. He's like, oh, my race is over. Do you want me to fill that up for you? It's <laughs> like, yeah. oh, thanks, Ethan. Thank you. So, did, so we're at this point where you by yourself when he filled the bottle? No, we were in like a big group of okay. like 30 people. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, but then that gave you the opportunity to make a difference in the in the in the climb where you did get your gap right because in theory you have the liquid is that kind of what i'm hearing well so when i hit the climb i mean i just kept rolling i just didn't stop i don't know how long it took him to refill the bottle or how long it takes people to fill bottles yeah yeah for sure (laughs) i mean he probably didn't fill my own bottles yeah yeah, i've refilled my own bottles doesn't take that long yeah and like i also had somebody there if you handed them your bottle yeah. and fill it for you too so i don't know if that's cheating either um is that but, <laughs> yeah but uh well then my next question is is what if you had a female teammate who did the same thing what would that would that be okay 
And so I'm curious. And and so and, and I'm and I'm by the way, guys, listeners, I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate. So I'm I'm throwing out some bombs here in the okay, throw out some can, bombs that we can kinda that we can kind of think about because here's the thing, you know, do we make gravel? My next question for you is is do we start in separate waves? And I think I know your answer just for the last two weeks that you experienced. So do you we start read in, Bella news this morning? <laughs> well, no, I didn't. I didn't really read. I don't. I try not to read any of the Velenu stuff, um, just because, unless it's written by an athlete that I respect or I like, um, just because sometimes it's too clickbaity for me to dive into. Um, but yeah, do you think? I understand. <laughs> yeah, do you think? Do you think we should have separate, um, separate start spots or like? you know, pro women or women, right. women mass start go. Um, right. Well, like, so I have so many mixed feelings about this just because, so say it like BWR San Diego and Crusher and the Tusher. I think we started like, there were five minute, like we started in like five minute waves. Okay. So we weren't, yeah, we weren't truly like by ourselves because you start catching certain, other dudes. Yeah. Like, at BWR San Diego, like the very first part of the race, it's like really fast road. Then you enter like single track mountain bike section. Mm-hmm. And that's when the cat three, four men caught us. And it was terrifying. They have categories. Like, so they have three, yeah. four men. Yeah. Oh. They had the, the pro men go off, the pro women go off, the cat three, four men go off. And they had like multiple categories going off every five minutes, but like it's chaos. Like, so, I mean, I'm all in favor of separate starts, but when it's like, five minutes apart no like Mm, because then for you here's the thing you were an hour i think you finished an hour faster than me how was your time uh 645 four so you finished an hour and 20 minutes faster than me. i did it like eight hours flat um i stopped at every aid station though that's why jokes jokes on you um Uh. but here's the thing um what I noticed in mine that, you know, I, I was one of the strongest guys in my group, but when it came to bike handling too, I was probably one of the better bike handlers with the guys that I was riding with. And I knew how to ride in a group and things like that. And so the way I'm looking at this is five minutes start differential, me being an hour down, you would have passed me. You would have caught me. You would have rode through me. And so the amount of other dudes that you would have caught and rode through as well is pretty high, but the bike handling goes down and the safety goes down so that's right yeah that's why i'm an advocate i mean i would love to have my own start because like i said like i have a little bit of ptsd i guess from mass starts like i don't like starting with a thousand people but i also understand it from the race organizers perspective it's hard to shut down the town for two days for sure because you're gonna have to at that point you would have to do like separate races yeah, um, you like have to do it on like days. Yeah. Exactly. You'd have to shut the town down on Saturday and Sunday and have like massive gaps between everything. Maybe like do a couple hours between each race just so there's no just yeah, for the ambiguity in the results, like just so there's no because every woman is in a group of men. Like everyone yeah. is drafting out there. We're all drafting out there. And now I feel like people are just throwing darts at me because I was able to win while also in various groups of men. Do you think it was because of your comment? 
what comment? The comment that you said, I want to thank my teammates. Oh, I feel like I'm a roadie and I just need to thank my teammates. There you go. I was kind of wondering how you were going to bounce off that one. I was just wondering Well, I mean, because... I, I think I've been trained to say that over like yeah. the last 12 years. I need to thank all my sponsors and all of my teammates and all of my friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And so, and that's why I wanted to ask that. Cause I was kind of going to see how you kick back from that. I was wondering if you were going to think I was trying to like throw you under the bus or if you would actually get it, um, I get it. Um, which is good. Um, I mean, I think I got to think like, I got to thank my bike mechanic, like the person yeah. who works on my, like, this is all like a team at like, not as he, it's, it's, we're all in this together. We're all just out there trying to have a good time. And well, I disagree. I disagree that it's not a team thing. Cause like, I mean, like I said, Pacey McKelvin has a team. No, I mean, he, and, and, but now, mind you, no, he's not, he's not, he's definitely not sacrificing his day for Hannah. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> he's got a mechanic, you know, he's got, um, he has that Dutch dude on his team. Um, you know, and Pete Stetna has a team. I mean, he has that mechanic that goes big way and goes with him everywhere. And so there's this, there's this thing that the, the, like this reoccurring thing that that's, uh, that's popping up and about and, yeah, I think unfortunately you were on the tail end of a of a crazy narrative, but I do think that you know if we're gonna make gravel racing with no morals, we can't be upset when somebody comes out and does it a crazy way, um, for sure. So, okay, now let's dive into the next thing. So we, we kind of got your thoughts and 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 that. Do you have anything else you want to like kind of touch on in there? I don't want to like cut you off or run you off. I. Mm -hmm. Just, just don't want to run out of time. Oh, well, I mean, I guess I'll just briefly. So then I, I was obviously really upset with all the, everything yeah. that occurred on the internet, obviously following that. So, but I was, <laughs> but I put my phone on do not disturb mode. And then yeah. I, uh, I, I went to Lincoln, Nebraska last weekend uh -huh. and I, I don't know, people are very sensitive about my commenting. I critics, I heard you, but like, as a response, I went to Gravel Worlds with no male teammates, like at all. And I still won by 15 minutes. Just like I thought that That's would awesome. silence the, yeah, I thought that would silence the haters. Like I can still go and win by a lot, despite I got all of my own things and I yeah. did everything by myself. But and, it's yeah. but it's still out and about and it's still being talked about. Um, right. And oh, and then the one thing that happened in Gravel Worlds, it was like very, very, very upsetting. It was a competitor uh, on the podium refused to shake my hands. And wow. she just like put her hands in her pockets and she said, I refuse, like she just wouldn't shake my hands. And that was very, very hurtful, just given like my whole history with the sport and just like respecting my competitors and I don't know i just feel like we're all out there kind of doing the same thing as the best as we can and then when i'm snubbed like that it's just like that's insane me. i have chills like i like like literally i like that's that's wild like, because that was my next was question like... and I, I i like my next question was is like well have you like spoken with these women like have you had an opportunity to kind of clear the air and reach out to some of these women and and have a conversation and how has it gone but i guess that's a little bit of a brunt of the answer huh that's most of it, I guess, at this point. Wow. I mean, Have you had an opportunity to talk to any of your competitors or any of the people that are out speaking about this to where you guys could like literally just have a civil conversation or no, do you feel like it's too heated? 
and it just can't sound. I think it is really, really heated right now. And it's just very upsetting when like all this is happening and on the internet, but no one will just like pick up the phone and call me. Mm. Like I've talked to, I was talking to Sarah Stern via text. She's basically the only one who's reached out to me via text and like, I don't know. We both have like the same, we both want the sport to like evolve and we want more women on bikes and Mm. yeah, we, they, she said, she's like, you're a stellar athlete and like, this is all horrible, but like, we need to figure this out to promote women's this. None of this is good for women's cycling. For sure. Yeah. This is not good for the sport and this isn't good for women's cycling. So yeah. <laughs> if you want to stay mad at me, then this is just bad for women's cycling. Yeah, no, for sure. And so I, I, you know, man, that's heavy. Like, I don't even know like what to say. Like I, um, uh, because, you know, you winning worlds without male teammates. Um, one of the best parts is actually celebrating with people on the podium after the fact, because it's kind of like, uh, it, it is a bummer. Like I've, I've been second place a few times at a national championship and, um, but I'm just as stoked for the guy who won because I know what it took to be there. Um, yeah, we're all and, in it. Yes. I know what it took for her to be in second. I was so, also out there. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it takes a lot. Um, but when you're willing to do that, it, it kind of gets rough. It kind of gets tough. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's heavy. And I do think something needs to be done. Um, I do think it's a question mark. I do think it's subjective though. And like how you mm-hmm. look at it. And so like how I'm trying to play this out is I'm asking questions of, you know, who's wearing what kit, if he wasn't wearing that kit, would it make a difference? If it was a girl, would it make a difference? Or, you know, those kinds of conversations, because, I mean, I think that pretty much chewed up Katie Keogh and sp- spit her out of gravel. She was just like, you know what? Actually, on second thought, I don't want to do this anymore. Like on the gravel <laughs> side of things, at least, at least that's the way it looks. I mean, she's probably, Seems, one, yeah. she's probably one of the best, you know, cycle cross riders and um, smashers out there. And I haven't seen her at a gravel race since Unbound. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's crazy to me how this sport is said to be so inclusive yeah. to a point. Um, and, and it's, it is, and I think it was inclusive and it used to be more inclusive until people and, and, society and us and money started to ruin it personally, if I'm being honest, and that's just my opinion. Um, again, I know I said I was going to be non-biased and not give too many of my opinions, oh, but, <laughs> but I feel like that needs to be said. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really hurt for you. <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> That that sucks. No matter even if you did do something wrong, um, it's you know you've apologized or you you've you tried to make a difference. Because let's talk about that too. Um, what'd you do with your prize money? Well, I just or received what, it. So what did you yet. say you were gonna do with <laughs> your prize money? What did I say money? I was gonna do? <laughs> yeah. What did you say you were gonna do with your prize money? I mean, I was gonna donate some of it. Yeah. To yeah, immediately like fifteen the the Q1 money. Yeah. I. I'm still figuring this out with like my new sponsor, the cyclist lawyer and like creating some type of funds, like for women entering the sport. That's awesome. Because yeah, when I was young, no one, like I was like, I had like three jobs. I was like living in my dad's basement. Like there was no like financial support at all. Like any of these things, but like, I don't know, like just giving back to women's cycling and just promoting women's cycling because there's, 
it's getting a lot of attention now. So yeah, why not do something about it? Attention. <laughs> and, and, but with, with, with everything, it comes and goes and, you know, there, this will all blow over and then we'll be on to the next thing. But this is something that has been kind of on the surface a few times. Like this is something that's been brought up. I mean, for the last five or six years, usually at unbound, but it really blew up here at, at SBT. And I even remember finishing and it was like one of the first things that somebody was talking about something about a water bottle and uh, I didn't expect it to do this. Um, and then so you're coach. Watergate, Watergate. <laughs> yeah. So you, are you coached by Tommy D himself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so your coach kind of went for your defense and now he's getting some insane backlash. And so I got a question for you too. And this is, this is going to be a hard question. If you want, I can cut this out, but, um, okay. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, he, he did do some bad stuff back in the day and like some stuff for the sport that, you know, is, is like on the level of, you know, thou shall not be named, you know, um, you know, with, with doping and, and whatever else. And he's, he's come clean about it. He's admitted to it and whatever else. And so, what, how did you, did that ever kind of come up in your thought process and eventually, you know, eventually working with him or being a part of this program? Now, I mean, this is also yeah. coming from a guy who works for Carmichael training systems. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> like, okay. You know, so like the Lance Armstrong era, things like that, you know, I'm, I'm just more or less like that's come up. I've thought about it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, back when I joined the team, like, <sighs> I, I mean, I obviously thought about it. I was like, mm -hmm. how is this going to be perceived? But I also wasn't like planning on doing this this season. I was yeah. just like, <laughs> you didn't expect to be in this many headlines. Good, bad, no. different. Yeah. No, like my, my actual career job, I quit two weeks ago. And this is <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. you quit it two weeks ago. And then all this stuff. Blew up. <laughs> like, oh, I guess Jesus. this is pro cycling. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, at the time, like when I joined this team, it wasn't, it was just, it, it was good. Like I was trying to manage being a 40 plus per hour week, like epidemiologist person. And they offered to like do the bike prep and like help me with the travel and like the coaching. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a great opportunity to like race at a high level while also having a full-time job for my extreme hobby of like, of gravel racing. I thought it would be really a good way to have an extreme hobby and also have a job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought about it, but like the team has been great. Like the team's provided me like a great opportunity to do all of this when I otherwise thought, why was that? I used to be like, I used to be like calling or emailing like race promoters during my lunch breaks being like, can I get a new race? And I was trying, I was trying really, really hard. And <laughs> And this just was like, it was just an opportunity to like be on a team with people and have fun and I don't know. Yeah. Thought about it, but I mean, I've, we've talked about it too. And it's like, I don't know, I feel like everyone has like their side of the story. Everyone like, like the experience of it is different than how it's portrayed in media. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's where I tried to get you on and I wanted to get you to tell your story because <laughs> see, the, the media, yeah. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, you're the only one who knows the truth. 
Um, and by that, I mean, you're the only one that knows your truth. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've heard the story 10 different ways. I've heard 10 different iterations of how you cheated and what you did wrong. But I've also heard the other way around of like, well, somebody else did that too. And, you know, was it actually cheating or was it this and was that, you know? And so like, it's been portrayed many different ways. So I was like, oh, we just got to get her on. Like, we, let's hear the story. Yeah, let's hear it from the source. And so I'm, I'm really big into crime podcasts. And I know we, we've, already talked, we've already talked about murder once, but I was thinking about this. I love driving. true crime. They're so good. So good. <laughs> and that's kind of why I started this podcast, but I don't, I don't get into enough. I don't think I'm good enough to get into the, 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 the killing style. You just need like a good crime research. story though. You just need yeah, yeah, murder. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you got to research them. You got to really dive into it. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, like those serial killers and those people, are those two people, like the one that was murdered and the serial killer, they're the only ones that actually know what happened in that room verbatim. You know what I mean? And so we're uh, hearing yeah. these stories of like these details of this is what happened and this is what happened. And you're just like, you know what? That's That might not even be close to what happened. And that's like crazy to think about. And so it kind of goes back into this. I know no murder was committed but no but you usually can't ask the murderer or the person yeah. who was murdered exactly <laughs> exactly because you're trying to ask an insane human being and a person that isn't alive and so that's literally yeah, yeah. how it how it plays out to be now mind you i don't think you're insane and you're still alive and so um you gave you gave your story and that's your truth and uh i really appreciate it um before we close out though what's what's next for you you're a travel world week. champion and you need to get through <laughs> this week. Yeah. But what's next? Uh, I'm doing a really fast group ride tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> right on. Right on. Uh, next stop, uh, I'm going back to Colorado for uh, a charity event or for like a Grand Vano for Craig mm -hmm. Hospital, my favorite hospital. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm doing the RAD awesome. in Trinidad. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Big Sugar. Okay. In Arkansas, I think that's the rest of my year. I don't know. And that's some, the season. Yeah, those are the big, those are the big two, pretty much. And uh, yeah, and so then my last question for you, and the final one, it has nothing to do with cycling. It has everything to do oh, with fun, and it's yay. straight off, straight off the cuff. If you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, dead or alive, how would you take your coffee, and who would that individual be? So oh my God, that's like a very, that's a, that's a really hard question. And I, and I know I always throw it out of left field because I want it to come from the heart because it's somebody usually that you're thinking about, about at that current moment in time, but yeah, they can be dead. They can be alive and then coffee. Huh? Well, uh, this coffee I'm having right now is pretty good. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, what kind of coffee is that? Oh, you know, I just, I just made it. it just it's made a it. Lauren, it's a Lauren Chino and it has Lauren like Chino, the, okay. the right amount of milk. <laughs> okay. So with this individual, Two you're going to want to have a Lauren Chino. Mm, yeah. And dead or alive. God, you really, one person, the entire world. <sighs> uh, how about. Hmm. God, this is, I, I'm just thinking of so many people right now that I could have coffee with because they're all dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's the cool part of it. Like, hmm, well, that dead person, oh, that one, that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about, 
uh, I would, I could just be a nerd. Albert Einstein, we would talk about the origins. Yeah, the origins of the universe. You, <laughs> I don't know. You, you work for the CDC, so you already became a nerd. Like, oh wait, you told no, no. You wait, I do work for this. John Snow. He's the one John who founded Snow? epidemiology. There you go. No, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, Actually, let's... no, uh, not Albert Einstein. He's like the Albert Einstein. Uh, John Snow and. Uh, he found he like found smallpox. Yeah. There you go. You literally just went from like being like, oh yeah, you called me a nerd. I'll just be a bigger nerd. Um, I'll do, I'll do <laughs> I wasn't jealous. thinking of him. He was back. That was like the 1700s. It didn't go back far enough. Awesome. No, that's super cool. And 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 Lauren, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you for being vulnerable. I know that it, it was probably a bit of a, a question mark of even if you wanted to do this and. <laughs> I had to hunt you down 10 ways to Sunday with sliding in your DMs, <laughs> sliding in your Facebook and even just emailing you, cold emailing you. And I need to see, I've had so many messages, so many emails, so many. Like, and I know you're probably, you probably have them turned off. And I, I wasn't even going to dive into that question of how many hateful messages you've probably received. Um, but guys, people Too are, pe- people are human. Um, I'm going to end the yeah. podcast with that. Whether or not Lauren did wrong. Um, or Tom or any of these people did wrong. We have to understand uh, people are human. Uh, people have feelings, people have lives and uh, mental health mm-hmm. is an actual thing. It's a thing, and it's a so thing. You're, you know, three sentences of, hey, I hate you because you took a water bottle from some guy and you went 10 minutes up instead of uh, <laughs> eight minutes up, like guys. Let's think of the bigger picture here. We're talking about uh, when at SBT gravel in somebody's life. And I, I don't know if it's that heavy or if we really even need to be that heavy about it, but mental health is a serious thing. And um, yeah, don't fuck around with it. I'm just going to be straight up. I don't and, fuck around with it. I totally agree. I mean, and so, yes, I wanted to say that. Leave that out there. A, it's just uh, a bike race. But unfortunately, I doubt, I doubt any of my listeners are the ones that are sliding your DMs, sending hateful shit, because hopefully my listeners are great people. Um, yeah, and so, peace, guys. And so other than that, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much. Right. Let me tell my, my, tell my tale. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cheers. Okay, thanks.